we had great situational hits as a team, and I think that was a big part of us moving on and getting into the World Series. I like to say, you know, like the first 30 games, uh, you see the league balance out. When we get there, you know, we'll know more about our team, and you know, like, and we'll know what we really need to do. I've seen the inside of the clubhouse, how these guys get along together, the, the coaching staff, the manager. It's a well-oiled machine as far as uh, continuity. There's no easy games in baseball, but we have teams that we should play very well against. Good morning, everybody. This is Speaking of Sports, The Daily Show, high atop the west side of Cherry Hill on a seemingly gorgeous uh, Wednesday morning, although I have not been outside yet. And to those of uh, you listeners that uh, say that, you know, I have a little bit of <laughs> morning voice, uh, I do my best. I'm not used to getting up at 530. It's a bit early. But I'm um, having a blast, and so we do thank you for the um, listeners, um, devoted listeners. And we just had a record week, which is uh, which is really cool. It's becoming a thing, and we're always going to uh, you know strive to make it better. And don't forget, we have speaking of sports Monday. This Monday, we have at least one guest coming on, and Larry Bow is committed for Monday, the longer show, if you will. And we have a surprise guest we're still working on, uh, so we may have two guests, but we definitely have one. I guess I, I could talk about our potential guest for 15 minutes because why talk about the Phillies game? What's there to talk about? Let me jump right in because I'm miffed, I'm pissed, that's not my favorite word, and I'm uh, angered by what took place last night. Not just the final score, however, I have last year when they got blown out back-to-back, I did my own litmus test and, and said, let me look at three teams, quality teams, franchises, and see if they've gotten blown out back-to-back. So what do we say when blown out? What constitutes blown out? Well, about 26-5 to five in the aggregate and over a two-game span, about 32-11 to 11 in hits, that constitutes getting blown out. So you go back and you look at good teams and see if it's happened, and lo and behold, it doesn't happen. The Yankees don't lose 13-4, to 13-1 to 1 back-to-back all season. Why? The Braves last year did not lose back-to-back in similar fashion, so on and so forth. It means something when you have a system-wide failure, and people push on that a little bit oh don't panic it's two games it's not panic it's a criteria it's an assessment it's a metric that good franchises don't lose back-to-back ball games by 13 to 1 and 13 to 4 um getting out hit by by 20 hits it means that all of your pitching can stink for for two days two games it means all of your hitting can can stink for two games that's not what great teams do it's not what good teams do so i'm really concerned i turned the game on midway through and uh i saw two plays and maybe i missed a couple before this but from the fifth inning on that were just unbelievable what an abomination so you have uh fifth inning i believe it was it could what's the difference what inning the bets is on first there's a single to center you don't care about the Dodger batter. I think it was Muncie, but it drops in, and on the play, it's quite obvious that Betts can't get to third. It's it's not that type of single. So what Betts does is he goes into second, and for those of you that did not see the game last night, 
try to dial it up somehow because I think this this is the Phillies mentality and how they're into the game on display. Betts goes around second and kind of just relaxes and stops. They don't show you exactly if he loops the ball in or holds the ball, but the play's over. And all of a sudden, you see on on the uh, TV, there goes Betts to third. And you're waiting for the Phillies announcers to articulate and then jump on Marsh, what just happened. And what's the former catcher? You know, the, the, the tall, dark, and handsome guy, you know? He's so kind. I mean, if you're announcing that game, you have to be a little more honest. You have to show some emotion there and say, you know, what just happened? And instead he says, uh, oh, uh, Betts pretends to play possum. What does pretending to play possum mean in Major League Baseball? What's playing possum? It's unbelievable. It should be, like, worth five hours, and I hope the uh, Sabermetrics guy dig him for five points on DRS, defensive run save. I mean, it's just when you're getting destroyed and you stop playing baseball like a Major League Baseball player, it's an utter disgrace. I mean, you can't turn the game into a sandlot game. You can't show fans that you're going to play below professional grade. You're still pros out there. I don't care if you're getting drubbed. We're still hustling. We're still coming up throwing hard. We're, we're still into our bats. When you adopt and accept the mentality of, of, well, we're losers, we're getting destroyed, and don't hustle and, and have somebody take an extra base that you're, you're 60 feet in front of with the baseball, I still don't know how Betts got there. I don't think Marsh released the ball, but I've been hearing from some uh, devoted fans uh, with some clarity. We make mistakes here at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm making a lot of mistakes on detail. Uh, but if you, if, you, if, you saw, if you got a better look at that play, please let me know because I'm still scratching my head as to how Betts got the third. The play was over, and it wasn't like he dropped it or went by him. I think he was holding the ball. And Betts, I don't, know, I don't know how a runner, you know, he was 60 feet away from second. And there goes Betts. If that wasn't disturbing enough, it, it could have been in the same inning. Uh, there's runner on first, and there's a ball head out to uh, sure bomb. And you're just wondering, you're just asking yourself, don't tell me. The runner's going to get the third base. Not a particularly fast runner. Uh, I think it was Muncie. And Taylor was in back of him. It's just looped in the set, uh, left field. I may have said center. Left field, right at Schwarber. And he's coming in. It's soft. It's it's soft, but directionally right in front of him. And he comes in, fields the ball, and sure enough, the runner's going to go first to third. And it just is the quintessential classic textbook Spalding Guide example as to how many runs this guy costs us. And I know each team has defensive deficiencies. I get that. But I'm just telling you that left field, if you measure per game, and I'm doing this, I am doing this on, on Schwarber, if you measure per game the runs that you know he cost us, the plays, and the meaningful RBIs, I don't know how. Now you know why he has a, a, a war of 11 for a eight-year career, which is, 
you know, it's it's one point something per year, which is below a marginal player in Major League Baseball, because the you know the guys that invented WAR know how to measure a player's contribution to a game, plus or minus. And of course, the guy gets the third. But here's adding insult to injury. Sosa's at third, so Turner's at the cut. Where do you think Turner is? He's three feet in front of third, and the the throw comes in weak, mind you, but it's on the bag. It's accurate, and uh, Turner cuts it. Now, there's going to be a play, and it looks like the runner may be safe, but in all fairness, there could have been an out, but the ball's cut, and he's too close to third. He's literally four feet from third. And he cuts the ball, and it's right on the right on the money. <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I have this on video, but this we don't have uh, any visuals here. So, but if you if you were up last night, you saw the two plays I'm talking about. I want to hear from you today, man. It's the last thing you do, you've been uh, drop drop me a note at six zero nine eight two eight five five six nine. That's my cell. I never sleep. I'm up all the time. Last time I slept was four years ago. So uh, text me. I'd be enamored to hear from you on either or both. Uh, play. And if you want to go to lunch, I've never met you. The Capitol Grill has great ahi tuna, sesame crusted. Oh, my God. Rare with the side of spinach and garlic. It's all healthy. So uh, let's do the Capitol Grill and talk about those two plays. Utterly pathetic. And I probably won't talk about the other things I had uh, planned for today. I like a diverse show. Yeah, I'm stuck in the weeds on those two plays. I'm stuck in the weeds on a uh, 26 to 5 bloodbath over two games. It's just not what good teams do. And I know it's just a two game sample. And I know it's only early May. And I get all that. It still is meaningful. Good teams don't get blown out. Now, if I have, haven't acted the way in four minutes, so I haven't acted pissed off so far. The lineup, okay, so you, I, I know we have about 150, you know, devoted listeners. Uh, that's cool. Uh, each day, that's kind of neat. And I know a lot of you are thinking Chuck's going to have a heart attack when he sees the lineup. That's why, I didn't, that's why I didn't tune in early. That's why I didn't listen. That's why I watched the movie, I swear. Uh, I, I, I just knew. I just knew that the, the uh, letter of the guy batting leadoff last name would start with an S. Against a formidable lefty, and don't dare ask me to pronounce that guy's name. You know better. You know, I call it, you know, Uranus, whatever heck the guy's name is. You're Rick. Stop with that whole thing. Uh, they should change his name 150 years ago. But he's a formidable lefty. And uh, do I have to tell you uh, what Schwarber's lifetime batting averages against elite lefties? And do you, you want to hear 138? You don't want to hear that, do you? Do you want to hear what Schwerber does in May? You've already heard his April and May stats. Okay, you don't want to hear the 198. So let's take 198, drop that into a blender, and let's put a buck 38 into a blender, and let's put it all together and see if it doesn't come out to about 170. But let's bat him leadoff against a lefty. You know you're going to struggle with Harper last night. In all fairness, you put Harper in batting third. Why would he pick this game? I mean, it shows you the grit of Harper to opt in against a nightmare lefty 
Guy not only has good stuff, but he's pinpoint. You should see his control last night when you look at the pitching box, and he's hitting black, 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 black away. It's uncanny. It's that boardwalk thing. Can you stand 60 feet away on a boardwalk and hit the uh, cone, you know, 12 straight times? Uh, if you're a major league pitcher, you not only hit the cone, you hit the middle of the cone. Now, you imagine watching somebody do it on the boardwalk from 60 feet away. Right, there'd be five thousand people like, look at this freak. He's hitting that that bowling pin from sixty feet away. He's hitting the same one right in the middle. He just did it ten times. Welcome to major league pitching. I always talk about how formidable it is, but Harper against that guy, and you put him at third. Could you work them in? Could you put him at fifth or seventh and brought some of your right-handed hitters up that are batting three ten? Would that have made sense last night? Are you serious that we put Schwarber at, at bat and leadoff against a lefty? I mean, okay. Have I lost all respect for uh, Robbie uh, Thompson, Skipper? Uh, I've lost a ton, not just from the batting order, but I don't know if he's being dictated to. I don't know what the deal is, but I got to tell you, I can't take it. And if, that's, if I got to watch him bat leadoff, I don't know if I could watch the Phillies. And I got Boa teed up for Monday. Bo likes us to be Bo, – Bo's okay with us being candid. Uh, but, you know, he's a company guy, you know, a loyal company guy. And, you know, sometimes we push the envelope a little too far. We're going to push the damn envelope on Monday. I'm going to tell you right now. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of warn Bo that I'm going in that direction. And he, he knows. He knows what's coming. We text back and forth. And uh, he, we were laughing about a few things. It just can't happen. It's it makes no sense. It it's ridiculous. And I realize I only talked about two things on this show today: the the play at center and the and the, uh, and the Schwarber's play. You got the Dodgers again at four. I do call it a big game. You have to come out with your head held high and some uh, some Philadelphia pride and respond. You got Noel on the mound. And it should be you should steal a game you know, before you leave the West Coast, but uh, it's just it's not good, you know. Twenty six to five over two, and the and the style of play, that's the thing. If you're the Phillies brass and you see those two plays, you've got to be going ballistic, you know. As the you know the malfunction, the malfeasance, the utter nonsense. That's it. Have a good Wednesday. Sorry if I was too over the top. I'm just waking up. Hey, where's my cup of coffee, right? Have a, a, a beautiful day, productive day. God bless America. Just think about it, man. You wake up, you're in the game. You may have aches and pains and stuff like that. You may have a lot of stress. De-stress, just remember, no one day ever changes your life, right? As long as you're up and in the game, you can deal with your stress, okay? So we'll see you tomorrow. Have a lot of fun here. And uh, over and out. And Richie, thanks for getting this done.